on this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we're going to talk about how Satan's IT service is here for all your data shops malware needs. And Linda Blair's head stays on straight, but Zona Shoes doesn't. All right, let's do this. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And this week we're talking about uh, season two, episode seven, The Usual Suspects. But first. <laughs> yeah, but first, let's talk about everything that's been going on. What's going on with you, Diana? Uh, well, uh, we'll do the good news, bad news, interesting stuff, I guess. The good news is I Duchess is back at home. So my uh, 63 Cadillac Sedan DeVille is back on the road, back in the garage, ready to be driven. And I have been doing that because it makes me happy. Um, and, now you, and now you can put her in reverse. She has reverse. She has all the gears. I can drive on the highway and it's like a normal uh, RPM that like doesn't sound like the car is going to burn up. Uh, so it's a transmission swap. Um, yeah. So that's my exciting news um, in the good news department. In the less good news department, my uh, my sweet baby doggy Ash is uh, turning 13 next month and he uh, hurt his leg. So um, we're starting fun stuff right now. He's pretty highly medicated and we're going to be starting some anti-inflammatories and some laser treatments for him because he's kind of hobble hopping around right now on one of his back legs, which is terribly sad for a doggo, but it, when he's real high and looks real confused, it's kind of funny. So I'm just trying to find yeah, I mean, it, but you know. At least he gets to be high and maybe at some point you can get him a doggy wheelchair and we all love a doggy wheelchair. And since he's so big, it would have to be like a really large doggy wheelchair and you could put streamers on it and it'd be great. I thought about it. I thought about it. I'm like, how do I teach him how to handle wheels? Like this is a thing and I might need to do this, but yeah. And then our, one of our other dogs is very, was very distraught about things and decided to eat part of a door about it last night so that, that wasn't fun um but yeah so I guess that and then uh, I'm I'm getting my countdown to a little family vacation uh going to road trip into Destin there we go Ooh, Florida yeah alligators and weirdos I'm already trying to look up all like the dumb shit to see on the road trip because I'm the asshole that will make because like caravan until I like my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece and I'm the asshole that's like, oh, we need to stop to go to the bathroom. We're going to stop here that has the, like, I don't know, the eight foot, eight foot rooster in front of it. Or, oh, this is the second largest dumbass sculpture in the country of whatever random item. There's a brick made of bricks I found somewhere. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm that jerk because, but they all cut like, go Diana, you got to play on the route. All right, let's do this motherfuckers. 
So. Wait, so you did not include this in your PowerPoint? For those of you who don't know, before Diana goes on a vacation, not only does she make an Excel spreadsheet of all the things they need to think about, she also turns it into a PowerPoint presentation, which she makes a whole family sit through as she goes through and tells them everything they will be doing on their vacation. You were no. not a control freak at all. No, No. to be fair, last year was kind of a joke. I did it. We did a big road trip out to a big bend and it was kind of a joke. And I drank a lot of wine and there was a lot of slides and a lot of really awful transitions. This one, I kind of had like some last minute pressure to do it. I didn't put any of my fun roadside stuff in it, but there was bad transitions and I had zero wine while I was making this one. Um, but it gave an overview of the recommended route and uh, a list of potential restaurants. And we're going to stop in New Orleans for a night. So that should be fun. Back. Yeah, I will say as you're going to Louisiana, you should try and find the swamp witches graveyard. Um, you have to go into a swamp, and I think you have to take a boat to get to her. Um, but like as you go by there, you can hear her singing like, "When I die, I'm gonna take y'all with me." And yeah, and I think you I should find her. I, I, I'm gonna. I'd like you to imagine talking my sister into that stop. I mean, you tell her there's Frosé at the, at, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to Louisiana's best unlimited Frosé. And then you would be like, ah, we're in a swamp looking for a witch. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a really good story. Uh, and my, and my niece, and my niece would just give me a stink eye. Like she wouldn't even be like scared or upset. She'd just look at me like, I'm like, like gross. Like what is wrong? No, your, your niece would start singing a lot. By the way, her niece is the one who does like, you know, a lot of our voice things, you know, she does uh, our lore and and our clothes and yeah so that's her niece who's a weirdo um and we love weirdos yes so speaking of weirdos uh last yes. night uh i watched the summer solstice live uh live podcasting for morbid and it was great uh Ashley and elena dressed up um in what they call moomoos but it was all about ritual sacrifice and it was fantastic there was it was a really good time. Uh, highly recommended if you haven't checked out Morbid, go check out their podcast. It's great. Um, and I, they talked about um, one of the cases that I lo was looking into about the carnival serial killers, like they had a cult. And so there, that happened. And then they talked about uh, the Brides of Christ, which is also a really good cult. So it was a good time. Uh, so that was what I did last night for my Sunday and for, for, for summer solstice. I didn't sacrifice nice. anything, but you know. Uh, and then on Saturday, did you sacrifice that, a bottle of wine? <laughs> no, I did, I did not drink any wine last night. Well, I tried to drink some and then I saw my like, uh, And so, but Saturday, uh, my friend from Baltimore came by along with his girlfriend who was from San Antonio and she went to high school with Jared Padalecki. So if you go and look at our Instagram, we got pictures. We got pictures of Jared in his junior year. I also saw some things from his senior year, but apparently he didn't take his senior photo because he had to go to the Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards. Um, but the, I, the picture of him in his junior year is epic. And it's really, it looks like Gilmore Boy hair. I think that was probably right when he was doing me. Maybe too young for that. I don't know. It was like perfect 90s hair. And it's just amazing. And also a picture of him in his National Honor Society. We also, we also saw that. Yes. Uh, so that was Saturday. And then uh, the most exciting thing, though, is that I finally finished my 3D printer build. Uh, all you fuckers who told me to buy a kit, go fuck yourself. I like, why didn't you say just spend 300 extra dollars and they'll put it all together for you? No, you're going to spend like a week crying and like, like, why are there tiny screws everywhere? Why are there so many tiny screws? 
but I did do gummy bears and you only have one injury. I did. I I finished all the gummy bears. I have one injury. It's very devastating. It's a, it's a nail split and it's really hard. So to celebrate that tonight, I opened up the big ass, really expensive Texas red from Calais. Uh, It's a delicious Bordeaux. I've been saving them and I have been this is the 3D printer, guys. This has been a project in the making for like probably over a year. And and then after I got it, it sat in my living room and mocked mm-hmm. me forever because I was like, I don't have time to do this. I knew it was going to be time consuming. And then finally I got inspired because I want to print tiny things for murder dioramas. So uh yeah, now it's it's built and it's exciting. And I we can start, we can print all we can print you want supernatural shit printed. I can make you some supernatural shit. When it comes to conventions, we're going to have some fly shit for you guys. So hopefully we'll see you all at the next, con. I think the first con we're going to is not until January because we just have too much shit going on. It was like, I thought 2021 was going to be pretty Still. slow, but no, no, I got a lot of, I have a lot of plans. Yeah. Yeah. And just wait till you see the rest of the concerts coming out because it's going to be fucking insane. They're not even I all thought- announced yet. Yeah, no, I'm already trying to convince uh, my friend that we should go to Glasgow for his birthday to go see Madness because they were supposed to play the original punk rock bowling and they canceled yep. and they are coming for next year's punk rock bowling. But I'm like, hey, it's your birthday. You want to go to Scotland? Let's go to Scotland and see Madness. This sounds like a really good idea. We've already bought tickets for punk rock bowling. We bought tickets for whatever the sad tour is in LA next year with uh, Morrissey and the dance and just like every every like 80s 90s like gothy band i want to dance to yeah so it's i yeah i am ready i am ready for shows diana bought us tickets for a show in dallas in a couple of weeks yep. we're gonna see the antagonizers gives me awesome dallas punk rock bands it's gonna be great yep, yep. i'm all i am here for it we're ready so, ramp yep. up. and i do need to order my crown for that we're gonna go to medieval times and we all like, yes, you have a deadline this week, Diana, because it's got to get here in time. So pick out your damn crowns. Okay. Okay. As yep, you can say, oh. Paper crowns ain't going to cut it. We noted. Paper crowns, no, but I'm like trying to figure out how deep I want to take this joke because I've seen some, I mean, technically I could print myself a crown now, uh, right? uh, but there are some, complicated. Yeah, it's, there's already designs that are out there for the most That's part. So yeah. if I don't have to design it, it's probably pretty easy, uh, but yeah, there's some good ones. Like there's like ones that are like all skulls and hands, but those are kind of plasticky. And I don't want a plastic. I kind of want something that's made out of metal. It'll uh, be epic. Yeah. yeah uh, I will have a weekend of punk rock, punk rock music and medieval times. Yeah. yeah. Like this it. is what happens when you don't have, have kids and have disposable income. You're like, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna buy an expensive fucking crown because I want to. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, so we know what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, a just a Tempranillo. It's not even worth mentioning. And it's, I forgot. I thought it was one I liked, and I realized it's one, I, and that's just okay. Because <laughs> I bought it the other day. I was like, just in a hurry, like the freaking grocery store. I'm like, hey, we're low on red. Let me grab this one. I think I remember this label. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I do. Well, that. drink it very fast. Yeah. Help me, me relax too. Stress, get the anxiety level down a little bit. Uh, yeah. So there we go. That's 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 my world right now. That's all. Oh, I got really singsongy today too. So I feel like that's like how I'm like 
processing anxiety is if I don't get fucking angry, I get sing-songy, which is a really questionable way to go. <laughs> but that's okay. I found myself too. This is going to be fun in front yeah. of people. I sing. So I sing I'm right. usually yeah. I'm usually the one who sings everything, so it'll be fun to have these tables turn until we start singing together after. Because by the way, this bottle of wine is off at like 15. percent So <laughs> I know that's why I was kind of like, whoa. I can't, I'm kind of shocked you went for it, and I'm a little jealous though. But yeah, I know it'll. Be, well, yeah. I know if, I re- if I remember, I will bring them up to Dallas. But. All right, oh. let's get this shit going. All right. So season two, episode seven, The Usual Suspects. Uh, that's a terrible name. I don't like it. Um, I think it was a cop out. I know where it's coming from, but there's like, there's nothing in here that is like The Usual Suspects. Like if it was more of a heisty episode, but instead of being a cop procedural, but whatever. Um, this was procedurals. I do love a cop procedural this was not a good cop procedural okay. um i was just I, did, I was watching it i'm like oh this is very cop procedural i wonder if liz likes this because she likes a lot of those i mean i don't dislike them but you watch more than i do i think if it had been the first time i seen it i may have may have had a different opinion yeah. but having seen this multiple times it doesn't hold up uh also you know it's not law and order svu uh <laughs> which is i tried watching law and order uh uk the other day and it just didn't work but i did find out that if you get a paramount plus prescription prescription subscription <laughs> now i have access to all the 48 hours so now oh. that i've gone through all the datelines and all the 2020s now i have seasons <laughs> of 48 hours to go oh, through and no. it's fantastic it's you know uh, murder show no. murder show uh anyway so this episode first aired november 9th 2006 it was directed directed by mike roll this was his first episode of Supernatural, but he will go on to do many more. But he's also really well known for being responsible for the Princess Switch movies. And I'm just saying responsible because he, he's the one who made those a thing. <gasps> I'm not saying that I haven't watched all of the Princess Switch movies. Actually, I don't know. I know I saw the first one and all those Hallmark movies kind of blend together. Yeah, they do. There's not like, there's not a huge variation in plot line. No, there's a Hallmark factory where they could literally pump these out. Like Candace Cameron is just sitting there, like whipping people. To, oh, sorry, that's probably bad, but she's just like Cam- Candace Cameron is just there, like forcing everyone to make all their Christmas movies. And she's just like, no, I'm just gonna. I don't know what she would pull from them, but yes, this is a Winter Wonderland. Damn it, like it's July, but you will, you you will enjoy your Santa switch. Uh, anyways, that was Mike Roll. Uh, the, it was written by Catherine Humphreys. Uh, she's the one who wrote, uh, co-wrote Dead Man's Blood. That was okay. the first time she was in there. So, which is actually it was a pretty good episode. And yeah, you know, Catherine. <laughs> All right, you, you not, not, some, a, not a not a cop procedural writer. You, 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 you guys took some you took some risks. You, and and the, there is also something exciting that happens in this episode, obviously. Uh, but we'll get to that. All right. So let's just go. Let's talk. We're going to go back to Baltimore. Back yeah, Baltimore. I know. I was laughing. I was like, Baltimore. What? You were just there. All right. Yeah. In Baltimore. And in this episode, I'll, I'll just kind of say I, I found like, obviously, it was easy to follow watching, but I'll say um, describing and like the narrative of it. It is a lot of like, there's a time jump in the way they shot it. And so I feel like I just, that's my little like, I'm putting out there in advance that like, it might be hard for us to explain like where the episode's jumping around to, but we'll do our best on our synopsis. So we start in Baltimore at the city center motel and we see a SWAT team coming up on the motel. Um, 
And in the background, you're hearing um, a, a detective guy talking about credit card fraud, breaking and entering, grave desecration, murder. And he references St. Louis um, and a torture and murder there. And so basically we're figuring out that Dean is in jail and being questioned by this detective. And the SWAT team busts into this motel and to get Sam. And the detective that's leading the SWAT team is... Her name is Diana and is played by none other than Linda Blair. Yep. So in order to not be confusing, I'm just calling her Linda throughout the rest of this because oh, I don't want to say Diana over and over again. Um, so yeah, her name, we're just, we're just going to call her Linda. I, I could call her Reagan, which, you know, would be, you know, probably a little much, but. We'll stick with Linda. That's fine. Okay. All right. So, um, <clears throat> And she just, so we see her, she's just basically, she knows all about Sam. She's kind of talking about his background and says that while she's got him back in custody, obviously she explains like she knows all about him. She knows his family. Basically she's trying to get Sam to confess that Dean's a bad fucking guy and killed some dude in Baltimore. That's where we're at. And so, um, and Dean's kind of like, or Sam, sorry, Sam's basically like, hey, y'all, all y'all got is circumstantial shit anyways. So I'm not telling you anything. But I was a law so, student. Yeah. See, he was <laughs> I, very know, I know all the laws. And she's like, yeah, because you went to Stanford. And she does, she really breaks down his life, which is kind of a good summary. Yeah. In case that you wanted to know what Sam's life was. Right. Uh, one of the things I think that pointed out that was interesting was that it because we do learn some things through this like so there's there's still some exposition of their life that's coming out of yeah. this what i thought was well done but you know we learned that sam was actually sam's apartment that jessica died in and not jessica's and i think that's you know an, an, an interesting thing like we didn't we never knew that now we know it was sam's so yeah and then he was a straight a student even though he got moved around a lot in through high school yeah he had a hard life but he was and he, he got a full ride to stanford yeah and then you fucked it all up, Sam. You fucked it all up. And he's like giving uh, an excuse about like why he's out driving around with his brother and they're having their little brother road trip while he's mourning. Um, but yeah, so basically she says they're exhuming this body um, back in St. Louis. They, they, uh, what, they're exhuming the body that is believed to be Dean. Because remember, Dean faked his death in the shapeshifter episode. Well, and it does make me wonder what the, what is the corpse What's come up What's in as? there? Does, does, a, does a shapeshifter corpse turn back into its original shape? Is there an original shape? What does it do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, does it become a weird monster? Like, is it revolving? Or is it still going to be Dean? And if it's Dean, does it have his DNA? Like, they never, I want this question answered. I, I want to know I what agree. they pulled out. I was thinking this too. I'm like, what are they doing? And they never, if I recall, they don't really ever come back to this, like, no. answering this exhumation question anyways so um she's basically saying that dean's as good as gone and sam needs to just flip on his brother which we all know sam ain't gonna do so <laughs> spoiler alert there <laughs> um so we get like kind of a flashback and it shows that uh basically they were they're they're, they're talking about how this guy like giles uh, sam's telling the story about how this guy mr giles was a um a friend of their dad's that served with him and obviously he's fucking lying because they're good at this. Um, and their um, the brothers get in and argue. They're going to go basically find out how this guy got his throat slit with no prints, no footage, no evidence of anybody else being there. And uh, then we have a funny argument between Sam and Dean about how um, which one of them is Scully or Mulder. Yeah, why would you want to be Mulder? Like, who wants to be David Duchovny? Like. He, he ends up being real weird. Like he's in the new craft and it's really bizarre. No, I like, 
Yeah, it's really shitty, but you should watch it. Like you should, because you. It's re- it's really bad. But Veruca Salt's in it, but you have to wait till like the last ten seconds to like to find her. Um, but that's not her last name. That's a band. No, uh, yeah. Ver- Ver- okay. What's what's Veruca's last name? Veruca. I don't remember. But no. I don't remember. Anyways, yeah, no, there's uh, that. Oh my! Also, it made me very uncomfortable because the main character she looked like a twelve year old boy or 12 year old girl, depending on which gender she wants to go with. And then they have her like masturbating and making out with somebody. And I'm like, they're over sexualizing a child and I can't watch this. This is really creepy. Please stop, please stop. I'm all for like self-exploration and stuff, but I can't watch children do that. And it was like, ah, she's supposed to be 16, but no, yeah, you're that's so weird. bad. Okay, so it's not Veruca, it's Faruza Bulk. Faruza, damn it. Faruza Bulk, sorry. Well, Faruza Bulk is very much. It does sound like Veruca Salt. It's very close, I know. I'm like, yeah, Faruza Bulk, Veruca Salt, same thing. Same thing. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Um, But also, yeah, you should all want to be bold. You all should all want to be Scully. Like, she's a smart one. She investigates things. She kind of has an open mind. She's not a fucking cracked out weirdo like you are, Mulder. So, yeah. I mean, I don't hate Mulder, but definitely if I was going to be one, I mean, I want to believe. So, I mean, I get it, Mulder, but if I was going to have to be one, I would want to be school. Well, I want to believe with evidence, which is why, you know, and, uh, and also she's really pretty. So, yeah, everyone should want to be a redheaded woman. <laughs> You're not biased. Um, yeah, so we cut to um, a scene where the brothers are um, pretending to be insurance agents and they're meeting with Karen Giles, who is the widow. Now, I would like to point out that Karen is played by Keegan Conroe Tracy, who played multiple characters in Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. which I'm a big fan of, and also a one of the professors on The Magicians. She, yeah, I know. I really liked her in The Magicians and yes. I need to go back yeah. and I've tried to watch Once Upon a Time and I just can't binge it for some reason. It took me so, a to get into it. I got, ended up binging it, but I really liked it. Well, uh, it's costume porn, which is why I want to watch more of it, but yeah. it's one of, it just, yeah, it takes a bit. Um, but yeah, she's, she also ends up being in, in this show a couple more times. I, I saw my, that when I was double checking my casting. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, yeah, so they're basically trying to push her to tell like if she saw anything weird as her husband was dying which is like around before he died and dean's like weirdly pushy like if some insurance agent be like was there anything do you say he saw anything weird recently i'd be like what he's fucking dead fuck off like i don't know it seems like a really odd line of questioning and even sam's looking at dean like dude back the fuck off but it is effective because he does get an answer that he needs out of her and she basically says that he had this nightmare of a woman standing at the foot of the bed that was really pale with dark red eyes so yeah um and he's just playing it off to and it kind of cuts back and like it's kind of echoing back and forth between him being interrogated by Lin- detective linda and, <laughs> and um and uh the actual scene and he's basically playing it off that they were friends with the widow their dad knew um obviously knew the first victim um sam and dean were friends with the widow uh and uh there's a they go to break into his office he's like oh yeah no we're just going to retrieve something there for for her some picture of them whatever um as they're uh, enter the office there they get into the vic- first victim's office anthony or Aunt- tony giles and it's like um there's just papers around that just say this name over and over and over again dana schultz c-h-u-l-p-s and, the mystery uh, of dana schultz yes. dun, dun, dun. and it's like and it's like it is full-on like kubrick style like 
over and over again on a piece of paper, printed out like on several sheets of paper laying around the office. It's even on like like rubbed into the glass on the desk. And um, and then um, Sam is going to try to crack his computer password. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Liz is gonna have something to say about that. Of course I have Sam, something to Sam say about that. Sam settles in, he's just sitting there typing away, trying to crack the computer password. You know, like you do, like that's just what you do. You just sit at this computer and then you like type that in and you don't have another computer to do that with. And you're not, you know, you're just going into it. But it's also, it could have been like a Vista. This is 2006 or like an XP, which were pretty easy to pat. You know, you could, you could crack those pretty easily, but it wouldn't, you know, either you're going to be in or you're going to be out. Like, it's not going to take you a few hours. Either you can get in or you can't. And for this reason and for other things that we will discuss discuss during this episode i am wearing my satan's it service shirt and it has a really great picture of um satan as a tech worker and underneath it it says have you tried damning it to hell so uh we'll, we'll post a picture of that but yeah this is a very it centric episode and you wouldn't think so but that was my that was my grasping of it um that we've we've got a lot of things that, are, that more. are yeah there's things. more there's yeah. more yeah yeah so Dean gets really bored and making awkward noises. So, um, cause he can't sit still. And so he decides he's going to go check on Karen by himself. And so, uh, we basically like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, like I said, this episode, cause it jumps around is kind of hard. All right. So go he's basically, go he goes in and he goes to her house really with, so we're going to find out that Karen was murdered and yes. That someone was in the house. We get a window ghost, which is yeah. Diana's favorite thing. I did a lot of eye covering in the scene because I know like so the detective Linda made a comment that I heard the 911 call. Karen was terrified. And so uh, it said there was someone in the house and thinks that it's weird. Of course, that Sam and Dean are separated. So it's, you see Karen in this like shadow thing, like chasing her around the house. And instead of like just calling 911 right away or going the fuck outside, she goes up the stairs. So give yourself no fucking escape. Jesus fucking Christ, people. And Damn then, it, have you never seen a horror movie? You don't run up the stairs. What? And also, there's stairs. And there's stairs. They're like, you're going to be out of breath. Like, oh, your thighs are going to hurt. And then you're going to get up there. And then your fucking printer is going to have malware on it. And it's just going to start printing Dana Schultz, which is now yes. dubbed the Dana Schultz malware. So, Dana Schultz malware. Yeah, this is the Dana Schultz malware episode. And so it's just like printing it out. I was like, was it just like stuck in the spool? Like, you know, it's just like you wait in, you're like, you finally fix the paper. And it's just like, I'm going to print this now. It's actually sitting there for like two days. And then she just like bumped it. And the printer was like, oh, I get what you were trying to say. And then it just starts printing it out. That's what I think happened. And that was, and that reminded me of like the pain of an old printer too, by the way. Oh, and it wasn't like it was looking. It's not. It wasn't a dot matrix. It looked like no. a very early laser. Yeah. Like that was just like. Doo, 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 doo. Yep. And yep. But I was, I was just like, like it was like that in between period. But I'm like at least like you know, all these printers had ink in it. Like it was like I would have loved like the ghost to be like, oh no, and there's like you know toner low, and then like she's like I can't print. Change Why can't drum. I print? Change the drum. I did change the drum. God damn it. I have a printer at work that keeps telling us to change the drum and we did. It's very distressing. Very annoying. Printers are probably one of the most stressful things of working in, in general in life. Um, so anyways, okay. All right. So we we get we get the you know the ghost working a printer, and then you know also Dean breaks into the house. And I thought this right. seems really dumb. Um, like also it's the middle of the night. Like, yeah. 
what the fuck are you doing, Dean? This is really stupid. He's breaking into this lady's house where he's pretty sure she's home. Even though he knocked and she didn't answer, he just breaks on it anyways. And yeah, because that's going to make her feel great. Like, oh, here's this random dude in my house. He told me he was an insurance investigator and now he's in my house. But I guess, you know, she's like, oh, I'm dead. Um, So he finds her dead finds her dead and she's got like these crazy bruises on her wrist that he's checking out as the cops walk in because that's great she's got her slit throat blood everywhere and these crazy wrist like bruises and he's like touching her arm when they walk in yeah it looks good for it does it looks real bad looks real bad real bad all right so we're gonna go back to the police station now yes and so this is where we find out like i don't know how they did it but I guess maybe just like brother telepathy or maybe Sam had a vision, but their stories match up exactly. And when detective Linda is like, I don't know. Uh, so she's leaving and she's talking to Pete and fucking Pete. He's like, I fucking hate Pete. Fuck you. Pete. He comes off as like skeezy from the start. And apparently they've got a thing going between them. So yeah, he goes, bad choices, Linda, bad, bad choice. Choices. And he goes, Diana, do you have reasonable doubt? And then he strokes her cheek. And I'm like, how do you not punch him in the dick? Like, that would have been like, I don't even care if I'm dating you. You say something that, like, condescending to me, and then you brush my cheek like that, you get a dick punch. That That's what's going to happen. So, ew, 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 ew. I hate Pete. Okay, so we find out that Tony was a defense lawyer. And... Yeah. Then they start making anagrams of Dana Schultz. And I'm like, come on, anal was right there. Like he was like <laughs> on the paper. I was just like, come on, man, just write out anal. You can do it. I feel like I feel like at least one of them really wanted to. There, there was like, oh yeah, which one? Which one? Yeah, was it Dean or was it Sam? <laughs> I mean, obviously. But yeah, and so they're sitting, they're both hit, both hitting them at the same time that it's an anagram. So they're trying to figure out what it could be. So they're writing out the letters in different orders. And then Dean's public defender arrives. I'm like anal sand. I'm really looking at this. <laughs> I think you could, you could spell anal sand, but I think you would have letters left over. Anyways, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a P somewhere in there. Anal spand. Oh, stop. Yeah, okay, I'll stop now. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, so basically the the attorney, the public defender is, um, you know, they're, they're kind of doing the thing where like, oh, he's not totally inept, but he's probably not great. They kind of have a vibe from this public defender character. And he's, he's a public like, defender. Well, he's saying that it's good they haven't found a weapon, but there's blood and prints. Uh, so it's pretty bad. And he has a record already. Um, and that and the attorney says that Dean could face the death penalty, which is, you know, I, don't, I didn't check if, if they have it in Maryland or not. Maryland? Uh, I don't unless know. They, unless they're looking at um, shipping him back to Missouri, that's a different combo. Uh, well, why would it be a capital? Like, why would this be a capital murder? I don't know. Anyways, go uh, on. Broke, broke in. I don't know a lot of things, but um, and then um, at that moment, pretty much like Dean's like, "Hey, look at all these words," because he's been writing them down. You're from here. What does this mean? And notices that one of the words on there is a street name. Um, so Dean writes a frantic note and hands it to him. He's like, look, I just take this to my brother. That's, I, that's all I want you to do. I, I know you're my attorney. Just, that's just it. If you want to help me do that. So, so uh, are suspects allowed to pass notes to each other while they're in interview rooms? I'm thinking that's probably a I mean, no. Sam isn't arrested at this point. He's just probably detained. He's like, a person. He's a person of interest, right? He's not a suspect. He's not yeah, an official yeah. suspect, but yeah. he is a person Dean of interest. Arrested. 
Dean's yeah. arrested. Hopefully Sam. somebody read him as Miranda writes. Um, yeah. So anyways, I was like, I don't think you could do that, but cool, whatever. So I'm going to go past old detective Linda. And she apparently has the same malware on her. I know. It's just coming Everywhere. through that, that Dana Schultz malware is just propagating across the entire network. And like, it's just coming. It everywhere. Right? It's cobalt strike all over again. Sorry, I'm not there's the one there's one security person that's listening to this and they're like, ah, Liz, you're so funny. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. They're using admin shares to spread this throughout the environment. <laughs> Guess what Liz does for a living? Anyways, okay. Oh. So, so she's typing out her her um her report notes or whatever, and all of a sudden it just starts going like Dana Schultz, Dana Schultz, like all over it. And she's like looking around, like, am I losing my mind? What the fuck's happening? And then it all disappears. And then she really looks around like what the fuck's happening and gets up from her computer. Um, so yeah, the, um, attorney, we cut back to the attorney hand, the public defender handing a note to Sam and it says, um, it says Hiltz, it's a street Ashland McQueen. Um, that's the little code they have and we'll get to what it all means because they reveal it later. Uh, and so then we, and the attorney's like, Hey, let's talk about your case. Cause you might have a case too. And then all of a sudden, um, the detective busts into the room and is like, uh, Mr. Attorney, you need to fucking get back here to Dean because he is, he needs, he wants to talk. And we cut back to Dean and Dean is in his um, little, little uh, interrogation room still with a camera and he's going to confess. And his beginning of his confession is fucking hilarious. Sorry, because he says, he introduces himself, shares his Zodiac sign that he loves sunsets and long walks on the beach and frisky women. Uh, I also like frisky women, and I think we should use that phrase more often. Yes, frisky women. I knew someone that always liked the word zesty, and I don't know if I was grossed out or amused, and I still don't. Okay. But, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he follows up with saying he didn't kill anyone, but I know who did, or rather what did. And he basically spills the whole fucking, like, beans about vengeful spirits, like, how there's, like, something in the spirit world and that's what's causing all this and somebody's in trouble and we've got to let them out because if, if it's not if they don't aren't able to stop it someone else is going to die and blah, blah 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 and the uh pete detective is just pissed and um because pete is a dick yeah well i mean he's also a- to be fair we all know this is kind of a dick move by dean real whether this is real or not he's really just like pulling the fucking leg of all of these but also like he's pulling the leg and I'm like what the fuck like 15 of you are coming in here to watch this confession and you know he's not running out of state uh, so there's, there's also i think there was like as a cop procedural show like there, there were problems you should you should watch more cop procedural shows like but yeah. you know eh. but yeah and so and and um and he mentions the dana schultz the anagram and all that and talks about it and you can see detective linda is like what the fuck so um, she's like, oh shit, I know that. That's weird. Well, then Jerk Pete uh, basically assaults Dean. And, like, On camera. Yeah, seems questionable. And then they go back to, so they're going to, you know, lock him back up and get all the cameras out, blah, 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 because it's all fucking nonsense. And then you get uh, 
the detectives go back to check on Sam and he's gone. And he the, gone. Note, the note is still there though. And Hilt is, uh, and, and Detective Linda shares that, yeah, Hiltz is the uh, character that Steve McQueen plays in The Great Escape. So it was like their little hint. Obviously Dean doing the fake confession was just a ploy to distract everybody. It so was Sam ruse. I was like, because well, at first I'm like, what the fuck is Dean doing? Dean can have a little bit of a martyr complex. So I was a little worried, but for a second, not for long. Uh, but also like they gave like Detective Linda, the one who recognized that it was Steve McQueen and whew, Steve McQueen, the only man who can make a Mustang hot, you know, the, <laughs> <sighs> get, it, get it, get him bullet, Steve, just get in her. <laughs> okay, all right. So Linda goes to the loo, and we've got the mirror ghost there. So oh. mirror ghost is there, and she has a hairball. This is what I pretty much decided. Like oh, that, this awful. ghost has a hairball. She has, she has her throat slit, and she can't. And she's like because <laughs> of it. She's like gurgling out of her throat. <laughs> And they cut her vocal cords, and that's all she can do. And all Liz is thinking about is setting up a hairball. That's, hey, at least that's the gack noise I went to was hairball. I could have gone a different direction with this. Uh, but yeah, so Ghost is like, <laughs> and Linda's like, I don't know what you're saying. Do you, do you, is there something in your throat? Do you need to pull this out? <laughs> Would you like some water from the sink that's but running? But also, technically, like, you're dead, bitch. Like, you don't need your vocal cords anymore. Like, those are not how like, things work. Like, you should be able to, yeah. You know, just actualize it. Yeah, you should just feel, I, mean, I guess maybe she's a new hairball ghost, but yeah, for the rest of the time, I'm calling her hairball. Um, okay, so. Oh, God. So, yeah, and it says Dana Schultz on the mirror then, too, so we're seeing it again. So now she's, like, going back to Dean, and she's like, I want to know all about this shit. You need to fucking tell me what is going on. This shit's fucked. And he's like, oh, you've seen her, too. And she's like, uh, yeah. And he sees the marks on her wrists that are exactly like the ones that Karen had, where it's almost like a like a bruise, like ligature type mark on their on her wrists. But she doesn't really seem they don't seem painful. It's just a mark, it's kind of her reaction. And so basically, she, he is trying to convince Detective Linda to go see Sam because Sam's the only one that can uh, stop this thing at this point. And he tells her how to find um, Sam, which is like their little secret code that they use when they get separated. Yeah, they use Jim Rockford. <laughs> nerds do you get that you have a look on your face nope okay so the rockford files oh, was okay. a was a detective show jim mm -hmm. rockford of the rockford files that's okay. that's where that came from yeah and the first motel that's enlisted in the in the phone book yeah. yep and it's a nice motel it got that's some really cool. good yeah it's got some good epic lamps and mid-century starbursts in it like i was i was impressed with this motel uh i liked it i was safe there yeah. And so he, um, so she shows up and he's like, how'd you find me? And she like gives him the lowdown that she's kind of in on it now, even though she shouldn't be. Um, and she wants to know what's going on. And, um, so she describes the spirit and he's already got like a bunch of files and of course a bunch of photos that he's not supposed to have apparently. And so he's like, look, go through these and see if you want to recognize anyone. And, um, uh, these are all like different bookings and murders and missing people from Ashland Street, which is the street that they figured out the anagram is. So he, she identifies one uh, as a woman named Claire, who was last seen on Ashland. She'd been arrested for heroin a few times. Um, so they decided, well, fuck it. I guess we're gonna go look for this body at the last address she was seen, known at. 
Um, and he's like, yeah, we gotta go salt and burn the bones. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, I also think it, for a police procedural thing, this is like kind of a twist, right? So she is IDing something out of a photo array. And the, the photo array was from Sam and not the detectives giving the photo array. It was Sam, he was like- Flipping the script. I know. Uh, and he was like, do you know any of these? And she's like, that chick. And he's like, did you work narcotics? And she's like, well, yeah. And I did with my partner, Pete. And then I'm like, oh, Pete. Oh. Oh and like, my. I'm trying to say, like, at some point, you know, Pete's involved. Like, I knew early on Pete's somehow involved in this shit because he was very, diff- like, weird about he's like he's like it's it was very cop procedural like well it was my friend that died so i just want to clean this case up shut it down and it's like mm, now you just look suspicious dude but. yeah no they didn't really do a good job of hiding that pete was a bad guy i think we all knew from the first second you saw his like slimy face you're like oh, you oh he, he did it pete. <laughs> Fuck this, pete. Guy, this guy's gonna be a dick um yeah, yeah. so they're gonna go to 2911 ashland and go what what can we find there yeah, so they're wandering around in like this weird, it looks like the basement, but it's not, um, but they're kind of, maybe it's like partially underground. I don't know. They're wandering around in this weird space and um, all of, we they separate because they're fucking dumb. And then um, the spirit um, Claire appears again. To- yeah, hairball Claire is there. <laughs> and, and she's not attacking. She's just pointing and hacking. She's reaching like, out and pointing. <laughs> She's less hacky in this one. She's way hackier in the bathroom. I, I wonder if the steam was irritating her throat. It's just like, <laughs> look over there. Uh, and so she's pointing. And so, um, of course, you know, uh, Sam comes running because uh, Detective Linda is fucking screaming. Duh. And she's like, I think she was pointing because she didn't attack me. And so they start pulling back like this shelving unit on the wall. And when they do, you see the word Ashland um, and SUP, like the rest of the sign is worn off. And if you, and then it's also with the way the sun is shining through it, which I'm like very off on like timelines on this, like the day and night, day and night make no sense in this series in general. I would just like to state that for the record. There's no like consistent timeline of day and nighttime. But anyways, it's like, it looks like like sunsetty light shining through these windows. And it's reflecting Ashland SUP on this brick wall. And they're like, well, shit, guess we had to tear down the brick wall because that's always the next thing to think of. Uh, so they start doing that. And um, well, and she also, she makes Sam demo the wall. And then he demos the wall with his elbow. Like, you had a good pipe. And he's like, he had a different part of it. And he like knocked out like four bricks with the pipe. And then he like used his arm for the rest. It was very weird. Yeah, and it was like, you could have used, a, I think you had the Duchess of Strife out. That was very loud. Um, but it was just like, okay, so you thought, like, I, the pipe was good for, like, three bricks. At least he didn't use his cast arm to, like... Right. So he, he can't he use his cast to beat out the bricks. <laughs> which is what I would have done, which is probably why I, I get injured so often. Um, yeah, so then they go, and they just, like, so he finally, like, he demos it with his elbow, and yeah. they pull this body out, and then he just destroys all the evidence. Like, let's just, like, oh, like for let's a procedural. Well, but yeah. remember, he just wants to salt and burn the bones. He don't give a fuck yeah. about how she did, which is a weird thing for that right now that even, like, Detective Linda's not like, oh, maybe we should figure out who killed this bitch and put her on a wall. That's never, that never comes up in any of this at this point. That's very bizarre to me. Well, apparently Detective Linda is not a good detective. You know, she has been, you know, fucking yeah, and selling heroin. Yeah. And, you know, and 
but she, I can't believe she's not like, we have to preserve like what's happening here. Yeah. And you're like, no, just, just rip this shit up. Let's see what's inside the burlap sack. Let's and apparently go. it's ha- like these, like, like this, her wrists are bound, which explains the bruising that we yeah. keep seeing. And she's got on some like necklace, which is apparently completely custom and identical to the one that Pete bought for Lin- or Linda. Yeah. For Detective Linda. Yeah. So Hairball had the same necklace and Pete bought it like at a five and dime store. And like, I had this custom made for you. And it was like a dollar. Because Pete's full of shit. Yeah. Pete's a dick. Um, And so so this is when, this is when Sam figures out that Claire isn't a vengeful spirit, but a death omen. So death omens. What are death omens? Uh, I think we're going to talk about some lore. Um, not necessarily kind of a death omen, maybe not, I don't know, but lore. Lore. All right, so we're going to talk about the story of Zona Hester Shue, the Greenbrier ghost, uh, and we'll see why she, she ties into this in a bit. So for some backstory, Elva, Elva was her original first name, I like that, Elva. Elva Zona Hester was born in the 1800s in West Virginia. She married her husband, Edward, also known as Erasmus Stribling Trout Shoe. And we're going to call him Trout for the rest of this because he's the dick. And so he's going to be referred to as a fish. So she marries him on October 22nd, 1896. But maybe Zona was a little naughty. She gave birth to a child in 1895, but she got married in 1896. And Trout was not, we don't think Trout was the dad. And nobody ever talks about who the dad actually was. So Trout kind of sucked. He was a drifter. He had been married twice before. One wife either divorced him because he was abusive or died from a broken neck when she fell off a haystack, depending on which source you read. The second wife died under mysterious mysterious circumstances. So these circumstances were she was helping Trout fix a chimney by putting rocks in a basket. And the basket was attached to a rope, which was subs- you know pulled up to like put on like the top of the chimney. But mm-hmm. subsequently the basket was dropped on her head and she died. Um, he also served two years in the state penitentiary for stealing a horse. Uh, so Zona's mother did not like him. Hmm. But Zona, Zona was in love. Unfortunately, on January 3rd, 1897, three months after their wedding, Andy, an 11-year-old boy, came to her house to help Zona out with her chores. And he found Zona on her back at the foot of the stairs. And he was like, oh, no, she did. And he's like, I'm going to go get help. So he runs to his mom's house. Finally, an hour later, a doctor shows up. And he is like, well, she's dead. But also at this point, Zona was no longer in downstairs. She was now in her bed, washed and dressed, but still very dead. And the doctor tried to examine her. But when he got to the neck of her high collar dress, uh, Trout freaked out and kicked the doctor out of the house. And the doctor decided to declare her death. Uh, I've seen two different versions of what he declared. So Dr. Knapp either declared her death as childbirth because he'd been treating her for pregnancy, according to one source. Um, Mm. But the other one said she also died of an everlasting faint, which is a heart attack. But yes, he was like, where'd he go? A really dramatic way to describe a heart attack. I know. Describe a heart attack, can we call it an everlasting faint? Yes. Uh, I think, but isn't that kind of all death? Like that's all like an ever all death is kind of an everlasting faint. Pretty much. Uh, 
so Zomni's funeral took place the next day at her mother's house, which does seem pretty fast. Uh, Trout was very involved in preparing her body, including placing her in the casket, always making sure he handled her head. He dressed her in a high-necked dress, the same dress she was married in. In one version of the story, he at this point wrapped a large veil several, several times around her neck and tied him to a bow. Um, the other story, which I really like, was that he did it at the funeral, crying, it was her favorite! So he's like, she has to be famous, so he like ties a scarf around her neck. Um, oh. So the entire time during the funeral, the wake, whatever, uh, Trout is standing next to the coffin and always making sure her head was propped up by a pillow. Maybe he's just a neckwear enthusiast. Yeah, he just, you know, he's really concerned about her head. Uh, so uh, when, Zon when Zona's body was taken to be put into the ground, uh, the reviewers were like, your head's kind of like bouncing Welcome. from side to side. It's kind of weird. Um, so anyhow, a month later, Zona's mother says she had a dream. And when Zona visited her and told her Trout was abusive and murdered her because he thought she hadn't cooked dinner for him. She said he broke her neck and demonstrated it by turning all the way around and back again. So I want you to picture this dream where it's like your daughter is there. Like, he killed me. He broke my neck. And now I'm just going to spin my head around a bunch of times. Oh, oh, God. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. I feel so, stuck by that dream. Yeah, so Zona's ghost would visit her mother for the next four nights, and eventually her mom goes to the Lewisburg prosecutor, John Preston, uh, but don't worry, she had her brother-in-law with her, it wasn't like a woman was going to, like, tell anything, she had a man with her, no, like, course. it was like, Gosh. yeah, yeah how dare she be so presumptuous to go alone, yeah. but she finally convinced Preston that, like, hey, there is a need for further investigation, so they go to Dr. Knapp, and he was like, hey, maybe I was wrong or whatever the thing I said she died of, uh, be it, you know, we don't know. So it could have been everlasting faint or childbirth, whatever. Yeah. So they exhumed the body in February for an autopsy. She dies in January. She was exhumed in February. And this exam was like, oh shit, her neck was broken. <laughs> and also her Hi. windpipe was crushed. And oh, there's all weird. these marks around her neck that looks like somebody was strangling her. Oh, oh no. Weird. That's yeah. so crazy. I mean, I thought she just really, really, really liked scarves. Yeah, I mean, this is her favorite scarf. She just really liked it. I don't know what's going on. Crazy. So they arrest Trout. And while he's in jail, he's bragging to other inmates that they don't have enough evidence to convince him. And so June comes along and the trial is here. And Zona's mother is brought to the stand to testify. And the defense was real happy. They're like, cool. We got this crazy lady saying she, she's, about gonna, some she's a ghost. And who's going to believe this? So what she told the judge and jury was, it was no dream. She came back and told me that he was mad that she didn't have no meat cook for supper. But the second night, she told me that her neck was squeezed off at the first joint. And it was just as she told me. So... Oddly enough, who believed the crazy lady? Well, the jury did. And after an hour and 10 minutes of deliberation, they came back and they're like, Trout, you guilty. You, you they, killed her. Yeah, and they sentenced him to life. Uh, actually, there was a mob that was formed to lynch him outside, but what? the sheriff was able to like stop it before they were just because the town folk were like, nah, you're like, you killed her and there's a ghost and we're gonna we're gonna lynch you. And the sheriff was like, No, you can't, you can't do that. that. 
Um, so unfortunately, Trout actually died three years after being incarcerated in West Virginia from the flu. Hmm. Uh, but the Greenbrier Historical Society does have a picture that Trout painted in jail of him and Zona. It's not good. He was not a good artist. Um, <laughs> also, the historical. So I was looking into Greenbrier, <laughs> Greenbrier, West Virginia, okay. which is, and I sent Diana some pictures of America's Resort, and America's Resort is real fucking creepy. It is like it looks like a bed and breakfast vomited all over this place. No offense to you guys if you run that in uh, or that resort, but it's real. It weird. looks like a lovely countryside around it. It's just a kind of like a, it looks very in, incongruous with its It looks like a bed and breakfast from like 1975. Like, and I, ginormous. There's so many flower prints. There's flower prints on everything, but it's also huge. And you know that's fucking haunted. There's no way there's a resort, a hotel that's that big that's been around long. You know wow. that shit's haunted. I didn't see how old it was. I was looking at it. I'm like, I was just, I don't know. There's uh, just something odd about it. It was very bizarre. It was, but but West Virginia is beautiful countryside, and it looked really pretty landscape around it. It was just like this very odd, large, expansive white building. It's just very weird. It's very weird. It looks like uh, the Shining Hotel, which got referenced in this episode. It did. It did. Uh, So I mean, yeah, whatever. So the Greenbrier Historical Society um, also has an escape room in a 1799 log building, which I just thought was weird. And then like you go into that and you try and like solve like how you like how a, a settler would survive in West Virginia. I, I'm assuming like a white settler would survive. I mean, I guess, in West so are they trying to capitalize off like the escape room stuff, but yes, yes they are. They, but it's in like this old log cabin. So I really do kind of. It's like, kind of right? brilliant, and it's kind of bizarre all at once which it's, I kind of like yeah I'm like no nah, there's a, I think there's a bunch of weird people in Greenbrier well, noted by this yeah you no know, every time I, like you said every time I drive through West Virginia I'm like you're beautiful not stopping mm-hmm. uh, so near the cemetery where Zona is buried there actually is a state historical marker hmm. and the marker says interred in a nearby cemetery is Zona Hester Shoe her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to state prison. Mm. So, like, there's actually a state mar- a state record that says this ghost is how he was convicted, which sounds- ties into this episode. Of course, there are some issues with the with the ghost story, because this is really an urban legend, right? Uh, so there's a lot of factual things in it, but if you, like, it's very well known within the area, and then it gets brought up, and it, which is how I found it, obviously, it gets brought up in, in different sightings of ghosts who defended, because it's trying to find ghosts who, like, pick, you know, found their murderer. Um, but one of the theories about where this came from was on the same page in the local newspaper, which announced Zona's death. There was also a ghost story about a man whose murderer had been caught by a ghost, or that was actually a lie told by a witness of the crime who was afraid mm-hmm. to come forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was in like Russia or something. But so it was in this paper on the same day where her death was announced. So there is speculation that Zona's mom saw that and was inspired either consciously or subconsciously to uh, 
hey, my daughter, she, she was killed. So my theory is uh, you don't abuse your wife and your mom doesn't know. And mom was like, no, that he fucking killed her. And was like, you know what? I saw this, like that worked for this guy. I'm just like, hey, I saw a ghost. Ghost said he killed her. And we're gonna, you know, now it's time for us to bring him to justice. So, which is kind of sad when you think about the fact that in order for a woman to be, for her, to husband, her mur- to, to, for her murder to be convicted, for her husband to be convicted of murder, her mom had to see her motherfucking. She had to come back from the fucking dead. Like she had to yeah. like will herself from the goddamn spirit world to be taken seriously in her murder. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the student at least killed one other woman, probably if not two. And it's like, oh, hey, nobody thought this was suspicious. And like, nobody was like, hey, why won't he let her head be by itself? And the mom was finally like, fuck this. There's a ghost. Bitches, there's a ghost. She said she was murdered. And that's fucking broken. The ghost the ghost told me. The ghost told me uh, he, he abused the shit out of her and probably killed her because she didn't cook him dinner. So that's the story of the Greenbrier ghost. Woohoo! Greenbrier ghost. Yeah, it's a green briar. It's really hard to say. I don't know the only one. Green briar ghost. Green briar ghost. All right. So, so we're, we're going to add that to one of our vacation stops? Yeah, you can go to West Virginia and go. I really want to see that marker and go to the escape room. So. That, I bet that fucking hotel, as dated as it is, is fucking rad, honestly. It's probably really cool. I think they also had cottages because uh, I was looking at like half like. I was the big creepy white building. Uh, I don't know. Like the cottages are also like they're all former like staff places and like their whole houses, and so wonder, they look really the, cool. The food is going to either be fucking excellent or fucking terrible. No in between at a place. There's like no that. between, uh, but it's, it may also just be all fried frog legs. That's all you're getting. Mm-hmm. Fried no, frog legs and fried legs in West Virginia. I don't know. I don't know. Fried possum. Uh, uh, hey now. Well, little possums um yeah so i don't know i, I was like oh, that's really lovely i've driven through west virginia i've actually been to a wedding in west virginia uh, were they were they related no it was my it was family members of mine <laughs> yeah. that are from that are from virginia they, it was like and they went the to, same they went to family? They, they, uh, no not at all but they went to a very um very christian college in west virginia and they got married there and they moved cool. back to virginia my Catholic, my Catholic grandmother was not particularly thrilled with attending a born again ceremony. Were there snakes? She, she had, did people, no, did people talk it was just, tongues? it was just, it was just, it was just, you know, born again Protestant, like whatever. But they, uh, but my grandmother was a little distraught about attending. She did, you know, it was fine, but it was there was a little tension at a moment in time of the the the, the Italian Catholic woman was a little bit upset. Um, but yeah, it was a really pretty countryside though. I remember that distinctly. I drove there and I think that was where they told me I couldn't turn right on red and I was really upset. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right on red is a thing. That's what you do. And they're like, no, you don't do that. And, I'm like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just where I was at specifically, but I, around but that, that time driving uh, somebody <laughs> told me that and I was like, uh, what? I feel like you have to look this up now and, and verify whether know, or not. I know, now I've said it. So now I'm going to be like the asshole. Somebody's going to be like, oh, you're a moron. Of course we do that. There was just some fucking old people shit they told you not to do. But Anyways, yeah. we're, not, so, we're not talking shit in West Virginia. Love no, it's really pretty countryside. Beautiful, I mean, beautiful state. 
and you have markers for for ghosts for, for, ghosts. for, for ghost witnesses so good on you yeah. Uh, so yeah all right so we're gonna so get we back to why pete sucks yeah we cut back to as i called him jerk detective before i had before i paid attention to his name it was just jerk detective and uh yeah he's now he's driving like a fucking police van with dean in the back he's by himself apparently it's like two in the morning or something uh and i'm just like oh this is not good this is not good not good uh so um apparently they say that um uh, linda's saying that he's not answering any calls or radio um so they can't find pete um and so uh we see the uh, Pete pull over, get Dean out of the van. And Dean's, of course, making jokes like, oh, I don't, you know, I'll just stay here. I don't need to pee. Ha ha ha. Get your prostate check. You know what? Jokes, you know. It's Dean, Dean shit, Dean shit, talking shit. So, uh, but uh, Pete tells Dean that he's going to die trying to escape at this point. So it's like, well, fuck. And he's got a gun on Dean. Then good old Linda shows up and uh but pete won't put the gun down he confesses to everything basically says that he panicked that all the like the attorney was laundering the money and was going to rat him out and he just assumed that the widow knew so he had to kill both of them obviously and then um but all, uh. this, was be, but all of this was going to work out perfect oh and claire it all started because claire was going to rat him out that's where it started first yeah hairball claire was going to rat him out um because she was helping sling the heroin for him um and but it was all going to work out and be easy because dean's already a scumbag and we'll just let him take the fall so she starts to lower her gun because she's like oh i still love you blah 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 blah. so he relaxes and then she she kind of does a badass thing she's like oh my god we're all in love still it's okay and then so he kind of relaxes a little bit and she just like draws and like pops him it's like good job yeah, just use them. There was also some really good face acting between uh from Jared and Jensen and those. They're like, I don't do. I don't know. What do we do? We're just gonna let these guys do whatever they're gonna do. Let them let them argue and shoot it out. I don't know. And then um, but then there's kind of like a weird, like a weird fight because she goes over to him and then he tackles her and then he gets up again, he's got a gun and she doesn't, and that's stupid. So um But then hairball shows up. Yes. She shows up and it distracts Pete. And so uh, Detective Linda shoots Pete real good. She does, she, finally. She shoots him real good. Yeah, and she, she probably shot, should have shot him like that way the first time. But I think she was like, I will wound him and I'll be fine. Yes, yeah. yeah, uh, no, I, I say something that's controversial. Whatever. So good on you, Detective Linda. She, you I shot know what you were going to say. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Anyways um, so then suddenly, okay. though, we have like a commercial break because that's what this little break is. It goes from like, it's <laughs> nighttime. This is me going back to day and night, make no yeah, fucking this sense. This was real weird. At all. Because it's nighttime. They're in the middle of the goddamn woods and she shoots him. She obviously has a radio. She's obviously a cop. They're in a cop van, for Christ's sake. The cops know where the fuck they are. The cops will be there soon. It's not going to take them three goddamn hours to show up. But suddenly, it's daylight. Well, and also, like, this looks, I guess they're driving outside of Maryland. <laughs> where the fuck are you? Like, this is not Baltimore anymore. Like, no, apparently he was, I think it was, he was trying to imply that he was driving from Baltimore to St. Louis. Yeah. But anyways, so now it's the next morning, but still, it's just the three of them in a body in the woods now, which is weird as shit. Um, but yeah, so now they're like, basically, this death omen should be at peace because Pete was the asshole and Pete did. So that's good. Um, and she's kind of like, well, now obviously both of 
the case against Dean for the murders in Baltimore should be dismissed, but she doesn't know shit about St. Louis. Doesn't know if she can help out there. Um, but she makes like a really like sweet comment. Like, I just want you guys out there doing what you do best, Whoa! which is saving people and hunting things. There we go. Um, so then, yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, what the fuck are you waiting for? I know, they're out there doing what they do best. Um, but then the saddest part of the entire episode occurs right, right about now. Cause, um, Dean asks about his car. And Where's baby? Where's baby? baby is impounded um oh, no. in baltimore oh, and no. she basically says that there's no chance of getting her out <laughs> you don't know our boys our boys will steal their car back i was like no it was very sad but they also have to walk to get there so that looks like they're very oh, they are long. very they are walk. very far from baltimore um uh, wherever they're at this is it is not close it but yeah country woods so yeah and then as they're walking off they're like oh she's a nice lady for a cop and then they make a joke about if she looked familiar and then there's a pea soup joke boo boo oh this come is- on you didn't like it it was terrible and also it was improvised by Jensen by the way that was not in the script he improvised that and they left it in it was a terrible it was a terrible dad joke so terrible Mm -hmm. and yeah I guess it's fine whatever uh Uh, so that's that's where we end we don't get to see them uh, maybe I don't know if next episode we do or not but we don't get to see them breaking baby out of out of jail uh so baby's in jail the boys are walking through the woods getting but hopefully she lets them go she lets them go and she's not supposed to by the way she makes it very clear just to make sure i'm i'm clear she makes it clear that she's not doing her job as a cop realistically as a cop and she acknowledges this she should still take them in to officially have the case dismissed not just like run off to the woods and the paperwork will get done for you that's not how the shit works and she knows that and she acknowledges that well, I mean, there's also, I can't get you out of St. Louis. Like, we don't right. know, we don't know what was in that grave. What was in that grave? Oh, it's very distressing. They exhume a shape shifter grave and don't tell us. Oh, we're so worried about fucking hairball. Claire, Claire's having a hairball, but, and that's what we're worried about. But we don't get to know what's in the fucking exhumed grave. I want to know what's in there. What's in there? I don't know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I liked the concept of the cop procedural episode. Uh, you're 100% right, especially because I know you're a big fan of them, that they dropped the ball on a lot of weird shit. Like, it wasn't like, oh, ha, ha, ha. It was too, like, I mean, it was predictable because Pete's a dick. But, like, it wasn't just like, oh, this is a lame procedural. But it was, like, weird shit that they, like, dropped the ball on, I thought, as far as a cop procedural. And then uh, I'm, like, and I think I started saying this a while back, but I kind of just let it go. The concept of day and night is, like, glaringly, nope not a pun there uh but glaringly um an issue like they have no regard for concept of time and day and night in this series well no and you know part of that is a shooting thing and i think they they probably do get better it's but fine it's just kind of comical to me i'm like wait what it's the next day how the fuck did that happen <laughs> like the well, ha- I mean, yeah, it's nighttime how'd that happen where they been what have they been doing for the last four hours i don't know I mean, that standoff took a while it took a while to get the low jack tracked i mean you had to you had to call that low jack in you had to give a reason for why you wanted the low jack somebody had to approve it there was you know like the red tape we got through that and then like when he went to pee in the woods it was a really long pee he has prostate problems and so by the time they got there it was like really close to sunrise coffee 
there was so much coffee and so he peed oh. like that pee took forever and I'm so saying. i'm just saying i'm just saying they don't they don't yeah, no, there's okay. definitely that. But, you know, and I think it was, okay, 2006, I mean, we law and order was obviously a thing by this point. Yeah. We had a number of other cop procedurals, For but sure. they also weren't that good then, right? We probably didn't, like, hit the well, stride. Wasn't that, yeah, wasn't that CSI times? I, CSI Miami at a minimum was going on then. Well, I mean, CSI, CSI the original CSI was good. Like I really liked CSI was, Las Vegas. I watched a little bit of it, and then I like I got into Miami for a minute. Yeah, no, I couldn't get into Miami. I I liked Vegas because there was a pretty good like grouping. They have the the, the required goth girl in there's you, mm-hmm. um, which is like, oh hey, we're gonna do forensic. Who does a forensic? So the goth girl does. That's what she does, you know. Um, obviously, obviously, that's goth girls want to hang out with dead people. Yeah, yeah, not wrong, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting. You want to get mad at it, but sometimes the stereotypes the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, you know, not, not often. But I mean, I think it was good to use of London Blair. I think you know she did a a, a good job with what she, she had. Did. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she wrote the script in the story, but she did it. She acted it well. She was, you know. Um, believable in a lot of ways i thought in being a not phenomenal but caring but focused on truth cop which is cool yeah and i think some of the time lapses and trying to explain the story going back and forth i thought that was interesting i think it could have been done better um and it also made it hard like if it's really hard for us to describe it and not just because it's a time thing just like oh this is really weird you're jumping back and forth and i don't understand why um there is that obviously you had a great ghost hairball is hairball is kind of ranking up there and some of my favorite spirits right now just <sighs> um so i like her but yeah also just pete like there could have been more development on pete like to make him and i think it's just right, pretty explain, obvious, like, why, why, what, okay so we just know this guy's an asshole cop like like we don't know why or you know, like we all we know is that this one big heist he did and he's kind of skeezy with his girlfriend like Okay, what what is this guy like? Is he? I don't know. It's just like very very limited character development. I don't. I know in an hour like this, they don't have much time for him. And interestingly, as much time as he spent with Linda, she has like zero character development. Yeah, we like, learned nothing about Linda except the fact that she's fucking a, a murderer, like her, who's stealing heroin. Like, and I'm not saying like you're right. Like they're a side character. We don't need to know that much about them. But it's right. also like there's nothing that makes the story believable for from their from my perspective for Linda and for Dick Pete. Um, shout out to my dad friend, Big Dick Pete. Big Dick Pete. Uh, it's <laughs> about you a lot during this episode. Uh, but anyways, this Dick Pete. Um, yeah, he was just not likable, and which is fine. But right. There could be some more nuance in this, right? Like, you don't have to be this obvious of a villain. Right, because it's not even like, oh, he's a good, he's nice to Linda, but he fucked up and got caught up in some bad shit. No, he's fucking skeezy and weird and creepy and gross to her, which gives her a bad name as bad judgment. And like, uh, that's what's all weird about it. You know, it makes it makes Linda a victim, which I guess we get that justification at the end of it where she takes him out but it's just like oh this is like the result of your relationship this is how you get out of it is you have to kill him which is you know that's a but also i think one one way to break up (laughs) 
But also, the, that was is also implying that Pete was also a fucking hairball. Yeah, he was. So implies, they had a, he was in yeah. infidelity. Yeah, for sure. Oh no, uh, and we never even got to see any heroin. So, yeah. Uh, anything else so to say? It. Yeah. Anything no. else? That's all I got. Uh, and that's all I have. And I think we're gonna. How is that wine? It's good. <laughs> you're like oh no i know how good it is <laughs> uh, it's really delicious and uh i don't know if i'm gonna finish the whole bottle but i'm gonna try like my damnedest to finish it yeah you don't want to record that shit uh, right. I, mean, I will vacuum seal it it won't be as great tomorrow but but then it, then it becomes a chore to finish it and i'm just like i just want to enjoy it yeah that's the thing Yep. So I will try and print weird shit on my 3D printer tonight while I'm drunk, which will be great. Uh, who knows what will come out tonight of, of Liz's printing adventure. Anyways, all right. So hopefully my printer does not have the Dana Schultz malware and it'll all be good. And on that, I think we're going to sign off and I'm going to say cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast. Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement, and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow. <laughs>